Plenty of uncertainty, but plenty of storylines surround the Bearcats offense as we head into the 2023 spring game this Saturday at Nifford Stadium. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Start of a new week. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash College60 and use code College60 for 60% off plus free shipping. My name is Alex Frank right here on Lockdown Bearcats with you, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bearcats spring game is Saturday. I'm looking forward to being there, looking forward to seeing you, maybe interacting with you as well. And Nippers Stadium, weather's going to be fantastic. I hope the Bearcats' offense is something close to fantastic this year. I know there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the offensive line, the wide receiver. We don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be yet. There's a new offensive coordinator. But there's two, I mean, the two tight ends who were pillars of this program for the last two seasons. They're also no longer here. But at the end of the day, this offense is interesting to talk about. There are interesting storylines. I think it's going to be better than what some fans might think some of you might think I think it's going to be better than that so I'm really excited to see five things and I'm going to explain to you five things that I am going to watch for on this offense and excited to see in the spring game on Saturday so really looking forward to again being at the spring game maybe meeting some of you some of our some of our listeners looking forward to interacting with you looking forward to seeing all my colleagues on the Bearcats beat so let's start off with the first thing I am most excited to see in the spring game. The five things I want to see offensively from the Bearcats in the spring game. Number one is how many combinations are on the offensive line. We hear that the Bearcats are getting close to settling in on that one combination. But I'm interested in seeing if there's going to be more than one. I'm interested in seeing what this offensive line is like in terms of is there a set unit up front How do they look whelmed by the Bearcats' defensive line? I think one of the great things about the Bearcats is they can, in practice, the offensive line is new, we know that. I am interested in seeing if the Cincinnati Bearcats' offensive line is able to handle the strength and experience that the D-line brings. I'm really interested in seeing that matchup because I think the offensive line is going to get better by going up against the defensive line every day in practice. And they've been going at it now for over 10 spring practices, close to a dozen. So I'm interested in seeing how this offense, actually, I don't know how many spring practices there have been so far, but I'm interested in seeing how the Bearcats offensive line is going to look against this defensive line that Cincinnati has that is so experienced, so strong, is so good at creating a push. But the offensive line, and we talked about it all. We talked about it all offseason. Right now, we don't know 
who's going to be starting. Other than Gavin Gerhard, we think Luke Kandra is going to be a starter. We think another transfer might be a starter. We 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 maybe John Williams works his way back into the starting lineup, but we don't know who that starting unit is going to be. Do they look inexperienced? How are they in the running game? I think if there's anything that I want to see from this offensive line is how good are they in the running game? We heard that they were starting to, at least the last time I had Russ Heltman, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, we heard that they were really starting to gel in terms of the running game and creating running lanes. But in a in a scrimmage, now I'm not sure how the spring game is going to work just yet. We haven't, I haven't found that out yet. I'm not sure if we've heard yet what that's going to look like, but or if we will hear before the game on Saturday, noon in Nippert Stadium, if you're interested in or planning to attend. But I am really interested in seeing how this offensive line looks from an experience standpoint. Is there a set unit up front? Do they rotate guys? Do they know who the starting five is going to be? This is a new look Bearcats offense, and the offensive line is a big part of that. The last two seasons, you pretty much knew by the end of the spring who the offensive line was going to be. This year, you don't. Outside of two, maybe three starters, you don't really know the full five, and that's okay. It And there might be some of you who just heard me say that and say, well, that's, well, that's not okay, Frankie, because that's been a successful pillar of this program for the last 20 years, and you're absolutely right. But we've seen offensive lines develop as the season progresses, both in college and in pro football. So that's number one. And what's so unique about the Bearcats is most most of our hosts from the College Channel of Locked On are probably telling you they're most excited to see the quarterback battle first. That's not what I'm most excited for because I need to see the guys up front. I need to see, are they going to be able to protect whoever that new quarterback is going to be? Number two. By the way, speaking of new quarterbacks, I'll throw this in there. Very, very happy for Desmond Ritter being named the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons earlier this spring by Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. Very, very happy for Desmond. He's a Bearcat alum myself. He is, of course. So just wanted to throw that in there. Number two, how does the running game look? And who is leading the way at that position? So we've got some interesting guys at running back. An interesting running back room. We have Corey Kiner. We think Corey Kiner is still going to be really good. And it was a year ago, right around this time, he decided to transfer to Cincinnati. But last year was kind of underwhelming. Is he better this year? Is he actually starting to look like the running back we that he stayed through the coaching change, I think says something. Because he was a fickle target and then a transfer under Luke Fickle, but he stayed through the coaching change. So that really speaks volumes to Corey Kiner. Again, you play for the program, not the head coach. Ryan Montgomery, what kind of role is he going to have on this team? Is he going to be the lead running back? He had a good season last year. And then Ethan Wright. Is there actually a plan for him to be you know, a key contributor to the running back room. You know, the Bearcats were trying last year to move him to the other side of the ball. Now he's back at running back. I remember him breaking loose a long run against Temple in 2021. 
So Ethan Wright has this potential. He was a great high school. He was a great high school prospect coming into Cincinnati. But is there an actual plan for him this year? Maybe he needed a new regime. But at the end of the day, I want to see if there is a plan for him to be used at the running back position. That's what I'm interested in seeing. So, Ethan Wright, in case you forgot, is, or don't remember, he's from Akron. He is a senior. He played in seven games as a true freshman in 2020, appeared in 13 games in 2021. He had 153 rushing yards and three touchdowns on 29 carries in 2021. Last year, he played eight games, made or moved rather from running back to safety in fall camp, a total of nine tackles as a backup. He's also a special teams contributor, but he's back on the running back in the running back room this year. All right. I've got some more things that I am interested in seeing this season. Obviously, we're going to get to the quarterback. There are two quarterbacks in particular that I'm interested in looking at. And, of course, who is going to be – I mean, who, who are those quarterbacks going to throw to? That is a key question. We'll get into it all after I explain to you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. That's right, because right now, new customers get a no or can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat First bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Great to see the Reds take the final game of their series in Philadelphia. They're 4-4, four and four, so they're still relevant. It's still early in the baseball season. They're at Atlanta tonight, 7-20. First pitch from Truist Park. Cincinnati Bears Saturday looking forward to, speaking of baseball, double dipping on Saturday spring game. And then Zach Fries and I hit the Reds game on Saturday afternoon against those Phillies. So looking forward to a great day on a great weather day. In Cincinnati. If you haven't seen the weather for the spring game yet, if you're still on the fence about going, go. It's going to be a high of, last time I checked, 83 degrees and partly cloudy skies. Cannot beat that day in the Queen City. Looking forward to getting down there. So let's talk about quarterbacks because obviously, whenever there's a quarterback battle, you care about it. I care about it. I'm here to talk about it with you. So, Emory Jones, one of the two quarterbacks that I'm really interested in seeing. More than what that suggests to Florida and Arizona State. Because if you look at the numbers, and, I, and I've looked at them several times, 
they don't stand out to me and like, oh my gosh, this is such a big transfer. The guy who the Bearcats needed, but he's also a guy, given his dual threat abilities and given what he has done, I think he can still be a, a guy who can really make this offense flavorful. Is he going to be Desmond Ritter 2.0? No. Is he going to be like Malik Cunningham? Maybe not. Maybe, though. But this is a guy you want if Scott Satterfield is your head coach. A guy who can add dimensions to this offense. That's what I'm really interested in seeing. But Emory Jones is not going to take this offense over the top. How much is he going to elevate this offense? Not like it does. Desmond Ritter elevated this offense to new heights. Malik Cunningham elevated Louisville's offense. Maybe not like Lamar Jackson did, but certainly more than what Louisville's offense was in their first season post-Lamar. So, again, sorry for my allergies. Emory Jones is going to be a guy who gives this Bearcats dimensions on offense that they maybe didn't have last year, but he's not going to take this offense over the top like your lead offenses in college football, like Oregon, Ohio State, and Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, those offenses like that, or Tennessee from last year. It's going to be a better offense than what you may think, but it's not going to be a great offense. So Emory Jones, without question, is someone that I am really interested in watching. Because he's a transfer, because of his dual threat abilities, I want to see how much he fits in the Scott Centerfield system. If I come away from the spring game on Saturday saying to you, as I'll know, Emory Jones is not the clear-cut starter. That might be a concern. But if I come away from that game saying, guys, you know what? Emory Jones is going gonna, is gonna to really give this offense a chance to be multidimensional, versatile, flavorful, etc. That's what I want to say and what you want to hear. Storyline number four, Brady Drogosh. He is, to me, and I haven't been to a spring practice yet, but from what I hear, he is becoming, I think, based on what I hear, the most intri- the most unique element of spring practice. He's only a freshman, but he comes in as a four-star recruit. He didn't flip his commitment. He didn't reopen it. He stayed committed through the coaching change. And as Russ told me a few weeks ago on this show and told you, he looks like the real deal. Guys, I'm telling you. Brady Drogosh may not be the starter come September 2nd against EKU. But who he might be is someone who pushes Jones and Bryant and maybe Prater in the throughout the rest of the spring and once we get to fall camp in August. Because how much of it should have to actually win the starting job? How far along is he in his development? That's what I'm really interested in seeing. How can Brady Drogash implement himself in the quarterback room? It is a really unique quarterback room because there isn't a guy who you really like who has a great chance to win the starting job, but there's not a bad option here. And that's something Pete Thomas talked about, quarterbacks coach for the Bearcats. Pete Thomas talked about earlier this week. 
He's got four or five quarterbacks in this room. There's no shortage of talent. The question is, who is going to separate themselves from the pack? Do we come away from the spring saying that Drogosh has a real chance? Or maybe it's just a great story and we can follow his development this year and into 2024. What's interesting is last year, Evan Prater was really closing the gap in the spring. Now, he's coming off an injury after missing some time. Is he even really still in the mix? I mean, I'm talking to somebody yesterday, and I said, I don't think he's going to be here much longer. We will find out about that. My other storyline, of course, wide receiver to throw to. Basically, I want to know who's starting. Who's out there? First possession, first unit. We hear about Leslie Ando. How good is he? Chris Scott, how's he looking? How are the transfers looking? D. Wiggins, Donovan Ali, uh, Sterling Burkhalter, how are those guys doing? Barry Jackson, how's he doing? I've I've been hearing about Keyshawn Helton and how great of a leader he's been in practice. I want to see what that looks like. I want to see what that looks like in person. So there you have it. Offensive line. We've got the running back room. We've got Emory Jones, Brady Drogosh, and the wide receivers. On tomorrow's show, we'll hit the defensive side. A little more certainty, a little more stability. But one of the five things that I most want to see in the spring game on Saturday. Coming up, it is one of the biggest what-ifs in both the NFL and college football, and it has everything to do with the Cincinnati Bearcats. I'll explain what that what-if is after we hear from two of our sponsors. All right. How many of you remember the spring of 06? Well, those in Miami and those in New Orleans certainly do. That's when Drew Brees signed with the New Orleans Saints after the Dolphins were concerned medically about Drew Brees. It was coming off a very serious shoulder injury that almost derailed his career. Imagine for a minute, though, if Drew Brees had signed with the Miami Dolphins. Now, fun fact, the Saints ended up going 10-6 and in 06, won the division, went to the NFC Championship game. Miami finished 6-10. and Do you remember who Miami's head coach was that year? His name was Nick Saban. And is, I should say, Nick Saban. Think for a minute, though. If Breeze goes to Miami, does Nick Saban leave after 06? Or I forget if he was fired or, I should know this, if he was fired or he left after 06. The point is this. Nick Saban was back, Nick Saban then went to Alabama in 07, and obviously he's been there ever since. But what would happen, what would have happened if Breeze goes to Miami? The Dolphins have a really good season in 06. Saban ends up staying. How long does he stay? Now think about this, of how it relates to the Cincinnati Bearcats. 
The Bearcats in 09, we know, just missed going to the, nas- to the national championship game. If Nick Saban doesn't coach Alabama in 09, how good are they? Do they land a guy like Julio Jones? Or do they? are they still the number one team in the country heading into Pasadena? They may not be. They may not even play for a national championship. Now, does that mean Florida wins a second straight SEC title with Tim Tebow? Maybe. Does Florida play Texas for the national championship? Is Cincinnati viewed as better than Florida or Texas? Does Florida beat whoever they play in the SEC title game? A lot of what-ifs here. And then you think about 2021. The Bearcats played Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. We know that. Is Nick Saban, does Nick Saban even end up at Alabama at some point? I don't know. The point is this. The Bearcats are directly impacted by the what if here. If Cincinnati plays, doesn't play Alabama in the Cotton Bowl in 2021, does that Bearcats team go on to play for a national championship? Maybe. If Nick's, if Drew Brees signs with the Dolphins, how good of a program is Alabama today? That is a really interesting question to think about. And you can go a lot of different ways with this what if. Cincinnati did play Alabama last year. They just missed out on playing them in 09. But what if they didn't play them in 2021? Does Saban eventually become the head coach at Alabama still? This is really interesting. Just a I, I just a crazy what if. And I, and I was I was scrolling through Twitter this weekend. Um NFL memes, I think, had the what is the biggest what if in NFL history? And one of them was, what if the Dolphins don't have medical concerns about Drew Brees? And then I thought about how Nick Saban was the head coach in Miami, and then he leaves for Alabama. Or, again, I don't remember if he got fired or left, but what I know is that, you know, maybe Nick Saban is still with the Dolphins. Does he eventually, a Brees retire in 2020, does that mean... Saban goes to Alabama in 2021, and the Bearcats still play Bama in the college football playoff. There's a lot of, there are a lot of what ifs to this. There's a lot of diverts off of this. Coming up tomorrow, and five things I want to see from the Cincinnati Bearcats defense in the spring game plus. Assessing the Bearcats' 10 years in the AAC and if they were the class of the league. That's going to be an interesting topic to get to on tomorrow's show. Working on getting Jason Williams of the Cincinnati Enquirer sports columnist for the Enquirer on Wednesday's show. Thursday afternoon, Russ Hellman and I are back at it with a live viewing the spring game and getting you caught up on all the latest Bearcats news surrounding the University of Cincinnati Bearcats program. And that's going to do it for me today. On this Monday, April 10th of 2023, otherwise known 
as National Siblings Day, National Farm Animals Day, National Encourage a Young Writer Day, and National Cinnamon Crescent Day. How about that? All those days, part of April 10th, 2023. Hey, thanks so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Looking forward to another big night in sports. you got the Reds and the Braves in Atlanta. You've got some NHL action tonight. NHL season coming down the stretch. NBA season concluded yesterday, but on or tomorrow in the N or tonight rather, excuse me, in the NHL on national TV, you've got the Maple Leafs and the Panthers. Well, that's on ESPN Plus, but ESPN's got the Wild and Blackhawks. Looking forward to that. Big night of sports, Bearcats baseball back out tomorrow against Miami and the Joe Nuxhall Classic. Looking forward to that. I'm on Twitter. Excuse me. At Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. Instagram, Alex Frank. Excuse me. Alex Frank 9 underscore. And email, Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Make it a great Monday. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Back tomorrow, looking at the five things I'm most wanting to see, excited to see from the Bearcats defense on Saturday in the spring game. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll be back with you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats.